It's Tuesday night. I am not Dave Schofield, and this is not Kyle. This is not Big Brosco. I am Bad Brosco, and we have the unreal Kyle Schofield, not to be mistaken with young 16-year-old Kyle Schofield, who they are all on assignment. I don't know what that assignment is. I think it has a margarita and a fishing pole attached to that assignment, but... I'm not going to say. Kyle, from what Ian's talking about, thanks for joining me this evening. What's up, bad? Yeah, I'm the, I'm like the, the bonus Jonas. I'm the bonus Schofield. <laughs> I'm, I'm Frankie Jonas of the Schofields. I'm, I don't get all the, all the fame and, and glory. I'm just, uh, they call me up when, uh, you know, when they want to go have a good time. Frankie Jonas. Or are, are you like Marky Mark? when he got kicked out of New Kids on the Block when he was 13 for, uh, you know, just getting high and, like, uh, beating up old dudes. Yeah, well, uh, if you, I mean, I definitely have a funky bunch in the laundry right now, so. <laughs> Underrated song. I, I know it went to number one, but I, I just I just love it. Um, yeah, my guilty pleasures from the 90s are that and OPP. Good vibrations and OPP, so. There you go. But let's get on to the Scobro show. Yes, you don't have those guys this week. They deserve a night off. And uh, so I decided to jump in. I have never hosted the Scobro show before. I don't believe I have. I think I've been on it with Big Bro, but this is the first time. There's no official Scos, but we will be your unofficial Scos tonight. And we will have a good old time and just like the Scobros, we love Star Wars. I will tell you that. Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm still basking in my Obi Wan glory. And hey, I, I got to tell you this. I, I got to bring this up. Hold it down, boys. Watching with the real Kyle. So the real Kyle is actually watching. Oh, so he's watching. He just he just can't uh, log in. I get it. It's one of those yeah, Wi-Fi well, connections. Yeah, it, he would sound terrible, and it it would be really bad. So that's why he's he's gonna enjoy it. He's gonna he's gonna comment. So I guess we've got to do a really good job to impress the Oracle, Dave Schofield. But you're loving Obi Wan, is that what you're saying? Is that I haven't watched it yet? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you want to? You're gonna want to catch up on that, definitely. So this is what I say to all of all of my uh, Star Wars buddies. One thing that I have over them, but the only thing I have being old is I have seen every single one in the theater. So, well, that shows I, your age because uh, my first I was a Re- Return of the Jedi was my first. I'm one of those, uh, I'm one of those young Gen Xers, you know, some of us call it we're like between Gen X and millennials. I know how to text and time of VCR. So that was about 80, that was 83. And I I remember it well. I remember standing in line. I was in, I was getting ready to go. I was in seventh grade, getting ready to go. Actually, sixth grade, getting ready to go into seventh grade. And 
we had an early dismissal. We got to go down and watch that. And I remember Come On, on Eileen was the number one song that weekend. So that was that was just a, a lot of fun. I, I have great memories of that. But it was also a fun year for me watching the Steelers. That 1983 season was an interesting season as well. When did you start notice? Did you start noticing the Steelers around 1983 when you noticed Return of the Jedi? I'm trying to, you know, it was it's in the blood because you know I came from uh, Fayette Nam, Fayette County, so um, <laughs> Fayette Nam. I've never heard uh, that. Yeah, so you know, it was, you know, black and gold was in the blood. I can, I speci- I specifically remember following the '89 campaign with the Euler playoff game. Uh, so you know, '83 was definitely in the zeitgeist, but I was probably more into Darth Vader than. Uh, you know, Bubby Brister at the time. <laughs> wow. That's Bubby versus Darth Vader. Wow. Who's going to win in that battle? But Bubby, Bubby could talk a good game though, but Bubby would tell you that he's going to beat Darth Vader and he's going to make it really entertaining. And you're going to believe Walter for a second. And then he's just going to strike him down. Um, or no, I'm sorry. Strike him down. The but Bubby dated the, the the woman Bubby dated went to my church in Uniontown, and so I was we were big Bubby fans at Third Press. Oh wow, that's I did Bubby ever show up? No, <laughs> not even. So so she dated Bubby. So we don't know for the did we have Polaroids back then to to uh, prove this? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I don't know. We, we got to get Bubby on the show. Bubby, I know you're listening. Yeah, I, I I know you're always trying to get Vinny Vidi Vici, and it's you know as podcast producer, I'm trying to make that happen for you too. But if you get Bubby, oh, I'm on that show. Forget about Benevent, I'm on that show. If you get Bubby, that guy's that guy's my favorite, big fan. So that leads to a question though, and this is something that we have not prepared for, but I want to ask you this question. We're going to get into bold and bizarre predictions, but. Cordell Stewart came out today, um, and he made he made a very bold statement. And the bold statement that he said was, "Of course, Ben and Bradshaw are one and two, but when it comes to Steeler quarterbacks, I'm number three. Where are you on the Steeler quarterbacks? If you're going to rank at number three, because look, you, you could go one way. You could go Bradshaw, Ben, Ben Bradshaw. It might it might be." just you know the generation that you're from you know me i i i got them both i was able to enjoy both of them so i mean i got bradshaw later in his career i got i met both of them and it was a great experiences meeting both bradshaw and ben bradshaw yelled at me for uh um because i was complaining that my dad didn't take me to super bowl 14 and his exact words were hell son i wouldn't have taken you either so that was that's my I got scolded by uh, Terry Bradshaw. He was like, "Just be glad you have your dad, son." And I was like, "Wow, that's awesome, Terry Bradshaw. Thanks for the life advice." So, um, but when we're talking about the third quarterback, a lot of people have different opinions, and I think if you know me, you probably know which way I'm going to go, and you probably uh, a lot of people in the live chat know where I'm going here, and it's probably going to bash me for it, but. Who's your number three? I want to ask you first. You know, I thought, uh, you know, I got to give M props. No, it's Mason. No, my number three this season. Oh, no. my I, I You know, Cordell might be my number three. I think maybe statistically. 
Lee, you might have to go kneel just with the with the wins. Um, but you know, Cordell. The, the thing is, you've, you we we had the good side of Cordell, where he was an MVP candidate. He was an AFC Championship uh, quarterback. Uh, but I also remember the bad Cordell years, where you know we called him Odell because he was often O four on his uh, <laughs> on his passing lines. You know. My biggest problem with Cordell was his peripheral vision. It just seemed like he knew that he was going to Yancey Thigpen or he's going to Mark Bruner, and that's all he was going to. It was like hell or high water. That's who, number one option. There seemed to be only one option. You know, Cordell, though, I will say this about Cordell Stewart. If he was in the league today, I think he's an MVP. I think he is the guy on the cover of Madden. I think this guy is, I mean, head and shoulders above a guy like Lamar Jackson. Well, let's, you know, I, I know people, you know, I, there's a little, little revisionist history, I think, with Cordell. First off, he was a cover boy. He was on, you know, Sports Illustrated covers. The hype was, the the hype, you know, the, it was legit when he played. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't after the fact, like, only... Cordell played today like the hype was real when he played and uh he didn't have you know the the quarterback accuracy that a, a Mahomes might have you know he's not he would be okay today but he might be like Lamar Jackson he might be one of those run first guys or backyard quarterback guys yeah Cordell I agree with George Cordell was exciting and he might be my number three uh if you include his work as Slash, I'll, you know, Dave might be right on this. So he still be my, might be my number three, but I don't know if he's going to be an MVP candidate in today's game. I don't, you know, he, he uh, had his I think so. I will say that he would be in today's game. I think he's better than Lamar. He is not my number three, though. One, one more thing about Cordell, since you're Western Pennsylvania guy, Hill's department store had the exclusive – large Kendall, uh, the uh, starting lineup, the, uh, it was like a 12 inch Cordell. Did you have that? Oh, I didn't have, I, I had a Cordell, but I didn't have a 12 inch, you know, uh, I had the, 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 the normal, I had all those starting lineups, all the Steelers, all the Pirates. I even had a Lemieux. I think they did have a little bit of hockey at, toward the end there. Um, yeah, they did. They, they had, a uh, one of those, uh, Jeremy Jagger ones too. And, True story. I heard that once. Uh, like, this guy was at Civic Arena. It was for a WWF event at the time, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I just can't wait for Jeremy Jagger to come back and and at." And I'm like, "That is awesome, Jeremy Jagger." I've I also he, heard uh, Lemmy he might get once. he might get signed. I think this this I think the, there's still a chance Yamir could get signed this season. I think he's only <laughs> what fifty nine. I don't know. <laughs> that, he's he's I think a couple months younger than me, and I just turned fifty. So that that's that's awesome. So let mine, of course, I I take flack for this. Neil O'Donnell, no, he didn't throw the Super Bowl. If Ernie Mills doesn't get hurt, that's a different outcome. That's all I'm gonna say. Neil O'Donnell's my number three. You can't can't argue with that. Yeah, he he got us to the Super Bowl. Um you know, are you going to let that one drive in the Super Bowl define him? You, you can't because he got us there. In, in the AFC Championship game, we had some a fourth and eight to Andre Hastings. You know, there were some, uh, some high moments under pressure where Neil didn't blink. 45-yarder to Ernie Mills. <laughs> I love it. 
So, you know, let, let's transition here, though, to, you know, are we going to have games like that for the 2022 Steelers that we're talking about years from now on, you know, performing the performing uh, valiantly in the playoffs? And that's what we're going to do here. We are going to take the 2022 season. And I don't know if you know this about me. If you do read my stuff in the regular season, every week I do bold and bizarre predictions. And they are truly bold sometimes. And they're bizarre because I'll just go a little crazy. I'll, I'll just go for the comedy side. Last year, it featured Bougie Smith-Schuster every single week. And that, that dog got into so much trouble every single week, but he was doing something different. He got he, Juju would get him bailed out by halftime or the third quarter, depending on what he did. But in every city he was doing something to get in trouble, but he was, he was back in time to root on the Steelers. We're not going to have that, that this season, but I will start this out with one bold and bizarre prediction that Bougie gets upset. And he tries to get back to Pittsburgh for a game, and he's on the sideline and realizes that there's no number 19 there. You think Ju- you okay? You think Juju is going to come back to the Pittsburgh to see a game? Is that what this bold prediction is? Let no, me not the- Juju. Not what Juju. The dog. The dog will catch a flight, and Juju will eventually have to send somebody to come get him. Juju's dog is going to come back. Yeah, Bougie. You the dog that oh. has how many? How many? You're a Twitter guy. He's got more followers than all of us here at BTSC combined. Bougie Smith Schuster. You know, I don't follow a ton of uh, of celebrity animals. I guess I gotta get, get with <laughs> Bougie the dog. I guess. Wow, that is a bold. Uh, you know, let me break out. Hold on. I didn't. Now that we're doing predictions, I gotta break out my crystal ball. I mean, crystal ball. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Let me just. Uh... Who, who's right. the signature? I'm, I'm, who's this is uh, that one. Barry Foster Steel Wheels. Ah, uh, nice. I have I have one that color like that with Bullet Bill Dudley on it. So your first prediction, okay, I get it. So the dog is going to come back. Yeah, you know, if I'm the dog, they they say the dogs go hundreds of miles back to their home. I wonder if uh, if he still has a scent for Heinz Field like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll take an Uber because he's got pull. He's bougie, uh, you know. But I, I'm just thinking that there there might be a chance that he comes back, and then Juju's going to have to figure out a way to uh, get him back to Kansas City. Hey, write a screenplay because that sounds like a, that sounds like the next hit movie. You know, you know, there was actually a movie. If you watch my The More You Know, and I remember watching this live in 1980. But there was a spinoff of Joe Green's Coke commercial, and it was called the uh, the Steelers and the Pittsburgh Kid. They didn't want to call it the Coca Cola Kid. It was the Pittsburgh Kid, and the kid that Joe Green threw his jersey to snuck on a plane with the Steelers to go to a game, and he became like the mascot. There's a uh, there's a true story about a fan who snuck into. The Steelers locker room. I don't know. I just watched on one of these Peacock shows with Rick Steigerwald. Yes. Yeah. Is that it? So that is going to be featured in uh, one of my more you know issues because I I just wrote that. And there's Jack Delaplane, who uh, was number 35. Actually, 
he backs up that story because they were the locker rooms were by the numbers. And Delaplane says that, yeah, he was sitting there because he was impersonating Rick Moser. And he's okay. like, Rick Staggerwald, he's a Pittsburgh boxer and uh, and a Pittsburgh boxing referee now, but he was a steel worker at the time. So what, that was the very first episode of True Story with Ed and Randall, the great Randall Park and equally great Ed Helms. And so it's very funny. And Bradshaw even shows up in it. So that is a very true story. So I, I might have to move that since I'm talking about it. I might have to move it up on the ledger to maybe this weekend since we're talking about it, give you time to go ahead, find Peacock and watch that show. Cause it's great. Yeah. If you have a Peacock password, go ahead and put that in the chat, please. <laughs> I got your back. I've got a Peacock password, so I'll, I'll take care of you on that. I mean, I've got to, I've got to watch wrestling every once in a while too. So you've got to watch the pay-per-views. So it's worth having it. So, and when the NFL gets on Peacock, I believe there's going to be some NFL games on Peacock. So that'll be a pretty big deal to it. Times are going to be a change in my friend. That could actually be a bold and bizarre prediction. But Kyle, let's go to your first bold and bizarre prediction. And I think it involves a rookie. Uh, yeah, let's, well, why don't we start with the QB room? Let me get out to my, um, okay. All right. I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not one into predictions, but I think since we're going to go full, uh, Art Lubell, uh, George Norrie, I'm going to start with the quarterback room because everyone wants to know, you know, what, who's going to be the quarterback room. Is it Mitch? Of course it's Mitch. Is it Kenny? Of course it's Kenny. But my big bold prediction, number one, now we're starting, this is a single, it's not, you know, it's not a big hit, is that Mason Rudolph will be on the Steelers roster all 18 weeks. Sorry, Mason haters, he's here to stay. <laughs> you know you're going to rub those signatures right off. <laughs> you're going to look at it later like, there used to be a signature there. <laughs> But I, I like the prop. It's always good to have uh, have props. So Mason Rudolph is going to be the entire 18, well, actually 17 game season, but he's going to be there the entire time. And is he going to be, are you seeing him start? Hey, I mean, everyone with a little bit of Steelers history knows that the team needs all 53 plus hats every season. So... You know, will he will he start? I mean, gosh, that's really wishing some ill will on a couple people. Uh, but will he be needed? Obviously, uh, you know, all helmets are needed uh, at some point. Is it, you know, he's going to have to come in to win the game. Maybe he's going to have to, you know, maybe just come in for a victory formation. Who knows? But uh, he the best the best plan in the QB room is to keep all three. Mace, Mitch, and Kenny. And sorry, Chris, you're going to have to stay on the practice squad for this season. Well, I see your Mason Rudolph prediction, and I raise you that by week two, Carson Wentz is uh, laying in a mass on FedEx Field, and in comes the trade to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a fourth-round draft pick because the Washington football team will give away a fourth-round pick willy-nilly and the Steelers will ship him off 
That is my bold and bizarre prediction. Yes. Hey, you know, well, if the Steelers can get a fourth-round pick for Mason Rudolph, you can't argue that. But here's what's going to happen if Mace is shipped off. You've got Kenny, you've got Mitch. Now you're just one snap away from one of those guys going down. You can't bring Oladokun onto. He can't be. He's, you know, you're not. You can't have Duck Part Two. We saw what happened with that. We're not going to go there again. So they're going to have to bring in a veteran somewhere else. They're going to have to bring. I don't know. Bring back uh, Landry or bring back uh, Josh Dobbs or something because they're not going to elevate Oladokun to QB two. You know, he's not going to be the guy. So George Teston says teams panic when they need something. The Jacksonville Jaguars sent a fifth round pick to the Steelers in 2019 for Joshua Dobbs. So that's what I'm saying. You know, I agree with you that I I really don't think they should trade Mace. And because of you, I am now calling him Mace right now. Well, but, well, what, you know, if if we had if, if the Steelers would have kept Dobbs in that season, and there wouldn't have been the Duck kind of era, uh, no, there, there wouldn't. Could you have seen? Could you have seen that season going differently? I mean, you know, Duck won three games. Could you have seen Dobbs winning at least three games? Based on the 2018 game in Oakland, no, I uh, I think it would have been a whole lot worse, and the Miami Dolphins would have made the right choice. Because remember, the Dolphins, they had better offers for Minka Fitzpatrick. But they thought that they had another top five pick coming from Pittsburgh since Ben Roethlisberger was down. They were probably looking at what happened to the Colts back in, I think it was 2011 season when Manning went down. And next thing you know, they're drafting the... uh, the Civil War reenactor, um, Mr. Luck, Mr. Andrew Luck. And so I, I'm just thinking that that's what they thought. And I think it would have probably gone the way of that. It would have been a very rough season for the Pittsburgh Steelers if uh, if Duck wasn't there. And I thought Mason was, played admirably in 2019. So I agree with you that you don't want to get get rid of him. However... If you're in a situation that you're like, hey, this is a fourth round pick and it's draft capital and it's Mason Rudolph and you like what you see out of Kenny Pickett and you like what you're seeing out of Mitch Trubisky and you trust Chris O enough to keep him, then I could see like if it's a fourth round pick on the table, maybe you just roll the dice. A fourth round pick is is a different conversation, of course, you know, but there are fans out there who are thinking a sixth round or a seventh round, you know, they want pick number 228 for Mason Rudolph and, and it's just, uh, there's, there's, there's no value there. Well, you know, if you're ever on a trip and you blow a tire and you have to pay more for the tow truck, because I mean, think National Lampoon's vacation. And how much he paid to get that car towed there. And, oh, how much you got. You know, that's that's basically the, the kind of situation that a desperate team, if they lose their quarterback, could be in. Now, you know, I was just throwing out the Washington Commanders just as an idea. I mean, I know they Taylor he, Tyler Heineke or Taylor Heineke is still there. And, and, and I get that. But desperate teams will do something. will just give up draft cap, capital, say, Forget about next year. We got to bring someone in right now 
and it's Mason. And Mason grew up a Washington football fan. Well, if you want draft capital, let's break out. What about this? Why are we trading Mason? Why don't we trade Mitch Trubisky for a second rounder? So then it's Kenny and Mace and a second round draft pick for Mitch Trubisky. Bold prediction. (laughs) Wow, you see my Mason Rudolph trade and you're really going big there. Throwing all the chips in. Yeah, I I love it, but uh, I, I want to see what Mitch can do. I'm really excited for the progression of this whole thing. When we're talking about the quarterbacks, if I'm going to make a serious, bold prediction, I think, uh, I mean, this is not a bold prediction. If I make a serious prediction, you know, Mitch gets the start from the beginning. I'm not going to predict how long it goes because, it. I mean, you know, the hope is that Mitch has a great year. I mean, he has a year like Alex Smith had enough that you don't have to take him out of the Kansas City lineup for Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's that's kind of the hope. So, you know, I, I really don't think uh, – I think they've got a plan on the table, just like they had a plan for Ben Roethlisberger in 2004, and it went awry when Tommy Maddox is laying on the turf in Baltimore. I think the, I think a stat I read online somewhere, and you know how reliable online stats are, that I think in the last five years, rookie quarterbacks, pretty much 10 out of 13 uh, were starting by like week eight or so. And then the three that weren't were like Mahomes, of course, was one who didn't start at all that year. So, Yeah, Herbert had to come in because Tyrod Taylor, like, had his lungs ripped out almost. I mean, he, he had what he had a collapsed lung and he was just he just got just beaten up. Yeah, but, bad he got a bad uh, shake of it, you know. He 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 rolled a 20, as we say in D D. <laughs> you know, I've never played D D. Oh, was that a little bit just a little bit too young for you or something? Oh no, no, box? it was around no? it was yeah. around and my friends had a campaign going. And I just, uh, I got in too late and they're like, uh, we have a campaign going you maybe next time. And then I, uh, I discovered girls and then that was just out the window. And instead of, uh, rolling dice, I was rolling dice with women and getting turned down there. So, um, I was losing that campaign too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to learning about girls at some point in my life. (laughs) Hey, uncle, uncle bad. will teach you all you need to know. Uh, it's, Let's go ahead to the next one. And uh, you, uh, I'm going to go ahead with my first one. Yeah. And I'm going to say that Najee Harris is not going to win the rushing title, but he's going to be second in rushing yards to Jonathan Taylor in 2022. And I'm not talking about home improvements, heartthrob, team beat, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> Um, so number, so what, what does that mean, uh, as far as yards is that, are we talking, you know, 1200 to 1400? Are we talking 14 to 15? What, what's going to make, what's going to be that number two range? I'm seeing, I'm seeing 14 plus for Najee and I am seeing, uh, for Jonathan Taylor, I'm seeing 17. I, th- I think he's just the real deal and he's going to just run away with the title this year. I think that offense is kind of like Pittsburgh. It's kind of set up for the run. 
even though they have Matty Ice this year, I just really see it being uh, it being run first there as well. That line is better suited for for a uh, a running game, but I can see uh, like Sherry Richard says fifteen hundred. I uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if he comes close to fifteen hundred, and I think that line is going to hold up to allow him to do it, but not win the title. I like what uh, I like what Sean Mahoney. He's got no baloney. He says that he's going to lead the league in overall yards. I like that. I think yeah. I think total yards could be. You know, I don't want to. Hey, how about a bold one close to two thousand? That maybe that's not that bold. But I do think that when you add in the maybe screen yards, the passing yards, that he's going to. You know, he may come close to. He may be number one. Is he better than Le'Veon Bell? Not we, not 2022 Le'Veon Bell, prime Le'Veon Bell. We, we haven't seen the sample size yet. We've seen one, you know, we've seen one season. You, you, if you compare Najee's first season to Lev's first season, you got to give the advantage to Najee, right? But Lev came out year two looking just like something, you know, looking like a top five overall pick. So um, we'll see. We'll see if the... So far, the the I've seen the legs, I've seen the thighs, so I think that Najee might have it in him. Okay, guys, now I want to eat chicken because you're talking legs and thighs, and you start talking about uh, everything else, then I'm going to have to go to the colonel. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> let's go ahead and bring up some bold predictions here. Our friend Steeler Chick, 46 bold prediction. Tomlin has a winning record for the season. Laugh out loud. I don't know. I, I don't know really where the LOL is. I, I actually think he does. And Bank. Maybe, yeah, bet. Maybe I'm drinking too much Kool-Aid from the pivot. But, I mean, I love this guy. I, I've always loved this guy. Now it's just like poster on the wall love. We see, we've, seen, uh, we've seen Mike Tomlin take a team led by Mason Rudolph and Duck Devlin Hodges to the doorsteps of the playoffs. We've seen Tomlin take... Uh, ben Roethlisberger in his twilight in some of the statistically uh, it's an anomaly statistically what Ben was able to pull off with a winning team, a winning record. You know, no one puts up those kind of stats uh, that Ben did last season and make it to the postseason. And Tomlin, you know, maybe it's on Ben, maybe it's on Mike Tomlin. Um, Yeah. Bet that he has Mitch Trubisky, a 27 year old, Pro Bowl quarterback with playoff experience. That's like a unicorn in free agency, right? So um, bet, bet that Mike Tomlin, if Mike Tomlin can do it with Duck Dodges, he can do it with Kenny Pickett, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this real quick. What's his middle name? Michael Blank Tomlin. Hmm. I don't know. It's got to be. Uh, I, it's got to be Rooney, right? He's had it changed probably, right? <laughs> like, I, I know how you are with, with uh, Steelers <laughs> having babies and they all need to name them Rooney or Myron. I, I listen to your show. It's Michael Petaway Tomlin. Petaway. One of the coolest middle names ever. I mean, instead of Brian Anthony, I might go Brian Petaway if they go to the Steelers again, if, if they go to the Super Bowl again. I, yeah, if you if you put that on a jersey, I, you would think he was in the XFL. Petaway. <laughs> it, it sounds like it, it sounds like like an R and B singer from the nineties. Petaway. Would get Hathaway yeah. or uh, Petaway? Just sounds like he would, uh, he would have opened for DeBarge. Yeah. <laughs> DeBarge. I I was gonna say like 
Return of the Max stuff and he'd be oh. like uh, with Bell Biv DeVoe or opening up for uh, Tony, Tony, Tony. Well, I'd, I'd be at that concert too. Yeah. New Jack Swing era? Definitely. Are you ready? Are you ready for my second bold yes. prediction? Because I'm going to, this is going to. We've ruined the Scobro show, Kyle. <laughs> this is going to turn the chat against me. This is going to turn. I see that there's 62 eyes in the in the in the on the live stream. This is going to turn them all against me because the second this is a this is going to be a bummer for some of you fans. The second bold prediction, because look, look let's look at Steeler history. Rookie wide receivers aren't activated. They're not elevated to the uh, main roster until midway through the season if it's been Coates Sammy Coates if it's been Martavius Bryant you know even when we even the young money when we had Sanders and AB they both weren't elevated at the same time so the second bold prediction is that these rookies these rookie wide receivers uh may not both be on the 53 for week one uh you know Pickens sure he's gonna make the 53 but he's gonna not be activated so Austin the third, you may have to start on the practice squad. I'm sorry. We need experience at the wideout to start. It's going to be Chase, DJ, and in the slot, it's got to be someone with experience, either uh, Ant Mill or Cody White, the GOAT, or uh, Miles Boykin. But Austin the third, I'm sorry. You might be practice squad in September. Bold prediction. I am not going to Vegas on that one, and I've, uh, I might have to uh, suspend your privileges. Uh, for I, There's no way. I, I just don't think, with all due respect, I think that is throwing away a fourth rounder because he's gone. There is no way he survives a day on the practice squad. In fact, he's in Baltimore the second that transaction is tweeted out. Well, then that, that leaves a, a question is, what is your wide receiver room going to look like week one? Uh, it, it's just, you know, history is not on the side of w- rookie wide receivers to be activated in September. Yeah, and, and I get that, and I understand. But they the Steelers were very smart with Martavis Bryant. They they had him on the roster. They just didn't, they didn't activate him for six weeks. You've got, and that was a fourth round or two. You can, you've got to protect a guy like that. I, I really think, and if you put him on the practice squad, he is, he's as good as gone. I mean, my gosh, we we've seen, we've seen guys on the practice squad like Quincy Roche, who everybody loved last year. Now that was one. Yeah, you know, that's a sixth round pick. I understand. You know, they dangled him, and they kind of regret dangling that guy, but. Nah, I can't see CA3 being being there. I can see see I'm really not counting Gunner as much because he's he's kind of that that he's more of a special teamer than he is a wide receiver. So of course you're looking at DJ, you're looking at Chase to answer your question, Pickens, CA3, Anthony Miller, and really if you have another one, it's a battle between Cody White and Miles Boykin. Well, you know, uh, week one, we're in Cincinnati. Third down, third in the in the in the in the chili dog red zone. I don't know what they call it. <laughs> chili dog. 
Third and goal. Who are your wide receivers? I, you know, I, I really think that it's uh, you might you might see a guy like CA three, you know, not get a hat that week, but I mean, it could be Anthony Miller along with uh, the true starters that we know are your true starters, and then George Pickens. Here's uh, this is what Sean here's uh, Sean Manahan. He has Chase DJ Muth Gentry Najee. This is your uh, this is going to be your third down red zone offense. You know, week one. I mean, hey, I could I could buy that. I could buy that. You know, it just depends what set they're. I mean, if they're on the seven, there might not. I mean, they might be going five wide. You know, so with who? Just, with what? With depends. with who? With who? Well, I mean, when I'm saying five wide, five receivers, Muth is going to be one of them. Okay. You know, okay. There's not. Yeah. There's not. I'm saying there's not going to be a backfield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I I could see that as a possibility. I just don't think that. I mean, I would be shocked if they they dangle him to to lose that guy after all the pomp and circumstance and just the idea that they stole him from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they, you know, you don't. Now, if he's truly terrible, if he's Dre Archer, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you go ahead and do that. But you know, if there is uh, any light ahead of that tunnel, you can't expose them. Well, there's, that's a lot of pressure, I think, on George Pickens to be able to contribute early because I don't think you can put, I don't think you can scratch both Pickens and Austin. Uh, so hopefully, you know. Uh, what they can, maybe someone can contribute on special teams. Maybe, you know, it's just, I think that, I think there's some pressure on uh, George Pickens because rookie wideouts don't contribute early. Maybe it's a new era. Maybe we'll see. Maybe George Pickens is someone different. We'll see. Well, go back to 2010, Manny Sanders, third round pick, sixth round pick. You had uh, Antonio Brown and they, they stuck the whole year. And but you also had the second week of the season a return touchdown out of Antonio Brown, so that that might be the thing. But John Phillips is saying Boykin goes off. I just think that they have a surplus at wide receivers right now. But you're going to protect a draft pick more than you're going to protect a guy that you got off of the waiver wire wire in a Miles Boykin. Maybe the pressure is on Boykin to be able to contribute as a wideout. I see him as kind of a, a special teams only person. But hey, maybe in September when these rookies aren't ready yet, Boykin's going to have to line up there uh, you know, because someone's going to have to go over the middle uh, against Cincinnati week one. We'll see who it's going to be. I mean, I do like the idea of Anthony Miller with Mitch. I, I really think that he is going to be better than than uh, anybody expects him to be, and I think he's going to contribute. He really didn't get in last year because Steelers don't do well getting guys that they get late into the mix. You know, remember how long it took to get the uh, the Vanimal in in 2017. He didn't really start showing showing off until the final quarter of that season, and, and he went off against Jacksonville. I mean, he, he was really good. But it took him a while to to get a little bit crazy. Um, let's go ahead and go forward with my second one here. Bold, As, bold, bold. You know this is uh, this is going to be about TJ Watt. Oh, and, and it's going to be in a different direction than you think. 
he's going to average a sack a game, but he's only going to have 17. He's not going to break the record. He's not going to go off, go nuts. He's going to see some double teams, but you're also going to have a guy on the other side, the guy who cost him his record last year, it was that got there first, and that's Mr. Alex Highsmith, who played at Charlotte with Larry Ogunjobi, and they had they combined for a lot of sacks. So on that side, you might you're going to see more from Mr. Highsmith, but if you still get 17, that's still beating the record by one before 2021. So is the, is it is it bold that he's getting seventeen that he's not getting twenty? You have, is it, you're yeah. bold that you're it's, kind of undercutting him. <laughs> yeah, it's bold because people have him. I saw somebody in the live chat have him getting twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, like like he's gonna break the record. I mean, he he tied the record last year. He's gonna break the record this year. No, I think he takes a step backwards, but I don't think seventeen is a step backwards. I mean, can you imagine that kind of output? I I think he's gonna be on all-time great uh pace if he puts up uh if tj puts up another 17 sack season he's gonna be he's got to be on the bruce smith reggie white uh you know he's got to be on that level and, he, and he's going to i will this is another prediction that i'll throw in real quick he's gonna break debo's record this year i i could see that happening because what what he is 69 i believe and debo's record is 80 and 81 and a half and, and he's like five years younger than when Debo did it. Yeah, Debo was like seventy-seven when he broke the record. I, I think he's got the key. I think to this entire season's Steelers season might be Watt staying healthy because I think we saw last season when he was healthy, anything was possible. When he was not healthy, nothing was possible. <laughs> <laughs> let me go ahead and bring this up brian brown who good fan of the show everywhere we go love this guy bad your brain must have pulled a groin watsack record again i've seen this movie so many times you break a record you you take a little bit of a step back the next year look at mark mcguire you know i mean i just don't i just don't see it you know you're getting that same output it's never really been done before like that. But if you get 17, that's huge. It's, it's almost going to be required because, uh, because, because, you know, this isn't one of my official bold predictions, but maybe, it, maybe woo, 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 bold prediction is that uh, this Steelers run defense may not be much better than last season. Uh, so he may need to get 17 sacks a season. He might be the only reason we stop uh, offenses because, um, let's be honest, we've added, Steelers have added some personnel to the defense, but uh, until they can stop one of these running backs and hold them to under 100 yards, you know, we haven't seen them do anything yet. Yeah, I mean, I I get that, and we will just see how that goes. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize how big the Tyson Alualu return is going to be if he is healthy. That is going to have a lot to do with it and make it a whole lot better. So I hope you're wrong on that, but I'm not going to discount that one at all. So, by the way, Real quick, you with the uh, crystal ball there, you're you're giving me off a Paul Bearer vibe from WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. What's your final one? Uh all right. This is uh 
this might be a little more subtle. Is this even bold? This might not be bold because uh, I'm taking it to Danny Smith's room. My final oh. bold prediction. Uh, he's shirtless doing weights. No, my, my and final chokes bold, on his bubble gum. <laughs> yes. My final bold prediction is uh, sorry, sorry, Steelers fans. All of your uh, boutique favorites, new rookies and additions, they're not going to overtake Danny Smith's favorites. I'm talking about Derek Watt, UG3, Miles Killebrew, Benny Snell Jr., <laughs> Marcus Allen. <laughs> they're all going to be on the 53. Players like Mark Robinson, Connor Hayward. Oh my God! You're gonna be end up on the practice squad. I'm sorry. It's Danny Smith squad is gonna get those last helmets. Wow! That, no, that is definitely a bold prediction. Nothing bizarre about that. I mean, that you know, you gotta show up in camp, and so I mean, I don't, I don't. Once again, man, your predictions. I don't want you to be right in a lot of these <laughs> predictions. But uh, hey, they're they're bold predictions, and predictions are predictions. So this is one. This is an interesting one. My final one here, and it's about DJ eighteen. If the Steelers start off at two and six, and I know it's not the halfway point, but if they start off terrible on October thirty first, DJ's getting traded. Wow. Do I think that's a good idea? No. I uh, I don't think it's a good idea, especially if they start off 2-6. and six, You've got Kenny Pickett in there, and Kenny Pickett needs a guy like Deontay Johnson, whether he is going to be here next year or not. And all signs point to no, he's not here next year. But all I'm saying is you've got to play for 2022, and you've got to play for Kenny Pickett no matter how you start. And Deontay Johnson needs to be a part of it. But I can see them pulling a trigger and get that pick if they're ready to throw in the terrible towel. Whew, okay. Well, can I? Let me. Well, first, can I ask what uh, what kind of caliber pick are we uh, Steelers getting for DJ? I'm going to say I can actually see them most likely a three. You could possibly get a two, but I would probably say a three. Can it be? How about this? Can I get a? Can I get a three uh, this year? And can I get a? Can I get a, uh, a four next year? Can I get a three and a four? Absolutely. Desperate teams do desperate things. Um, I don't know. You know it, but desperate. You're, but you're assuming then that the Steelers are in desperation mode going into a two and six moment. Um, you know, uh, I, you know. Here's something that a lot of people don't seem to want to consider when it comes to Deontay Johnson. They're thinking that if the contract doesn't get done, you know, this camp, then he's off or he's disgruntled or something else. But really, the leverage and the power still is in the Steelers' hands as far as uh, as far as the tags. And some people might say, oh, Steelers would never tag a wide receiver. Well, the alternative is to pay a wide receiver 20 plus million dollars. So if the tag is 22 million, that's that's what it is, you know. So the, the I don't know. The leverage, I think, is still with the Steelers there. 
Um, Deontay is he's not going, I don't think he's going, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon, even if the contract doesn't happen in August. Yeah. You know what? I, I could see that happening. I'm just saying, saying that I I think he's going to be there all year, but if they start off terribly, which I don't think they're going to do, if they do, I see them actually going against the grain because this is a new general manager and I think they deal him. You know, I think a bold prediction is is that they're going to start two and six. I think maybe that's yeah. well. Prediction. That's why I put the if because I I don't think that's going to happen either. George Teston asked, "Are we going to get a final question like the Scobros do?" No, I've uh, we're not going to do that. I'm going to do one more bold and bizarre prediction, and you know I, we had a good time with these. You know, and they're bold and bizarre. There's a lot of ifs. This doesn't mean that they're going to happen. It just means that, you know, let's throw them out. It's July. We can do that in July. We're going to, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking real Steeler stuff. And so this is bold and bizarre and it's fun and it's supposed to be that. In my bold and bizarre predictions, I talked about Bougie. I used to have, uh, my gosh, I used to have Le'Veon Bell coming back every single week at halftime. No it didn't matter where the Jets were playing and doing a new rap rap song at the Sawickley Fuddruckers or somewhere like that. I picked a new restaurant every week. So, you know, just having fun with the whole thing. But the final bold and bizarre prediction is for the last two minutes of this show, which is now Bad Bro Sco and the Unreal Kyle Schofield will talk two minutes about Stranger Things Volume 2. <laughs> Uh, no spoilers or uh, what, what, we, <laughs> we can't do spoilers. Spoilers aren't fair. Did you, did you, are you happy with what the Duffer brothers did with this show? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed. I'm a mixed bag. I mean, first off, I'm not the target. Audience. I'm a little bit older than the target audience. I've been with it since the beginning. I've watched it all. So yes, I'm a fan. I watch it all this season. I thought was a little, uh, a little bloated. I really loved the Hopper storyline, and I thought that was—I thought that could have been a standalone feature film. Um, it took it—you know—it took a while for everything to to come into place, and I get it. It's the biggest thing on Netflix now. Of course, it's going to be—you uh, know—it's like when it's like when yes. Put out their double album you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go off the rails a little bit the, from the, the humble beginnings but i'm with I've, I've been with it from the get i can't complain was that 90215 live was that what it was i had yes story <laughs> which was, was a uh, uh maybe, maybe vinyl yeah it, it, it could have been that uh you know what the reason i'm i'm away from the target audience as well but you know why I like it so much is because, you know, I'm a big nostalgia guy. I love my 80s. I like talking about my 80s. I was the same age as they were in 1983, 84, 85, and now 86. I can see me there. I just know I would not be that cool to fight monsters. No way. No I'd way. be running away, running to Bill and Pat. Mom and Dad, there's monsters. <laughs> I was barely racking houses. That was like the coolest thing, but you know. <laughs> well, we don't want to get too far off the Steelers, but uh, remember, it's okay to bring in Stranger Things because in the at the beginning of season four, 
what were they doing? What were they drinking? This is what you like to talk about. Hey, you know, look this up on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because, I, you know, I went to the heart of the matter of Caesar, season four of Stranger Things. Who stole Daddy's commemorative uh, iron cans from the 79 pirate season? Those things were on the shelf, and here these kids came and just drank them all, opened irons. They were six-year-old skunk beers, but it meant something to one of those kids' dads, uh, you know, and, and, and that never got resolved. I still have them. I yeah. still have the Steelers commemorative and the Pirates commemorative. I uh, I can't believe they and who's selling them in Indiana? You know, that... Yeah, it's hard. You know, I was at, when I lived in uh, New Jersey and worked in Manhattan. There was one brewery, one distributor in uh, in Manhattan, south of Houston, where I could get Iron City cases. And I would, in once or twice a year, I would haul my butt down to the Lower East Side, uh, get a case of Irons and haul them back on New Jersey transit. So I do, it's possible that they could make it to Indiana, but you really have to seek it out. You have to be a fan. Yeah. That, but that's a different time though. I mean, I, I don't think they yeah. were doing that in 86, but ah, who knows? That's, that's a good thing to think about. Cow had a lot of fun on the Scobro show tonight. I appreciate you being here. Good news next week. You're going to have the boys back. You're going to have Big Brosco back. Dave Schofield will be back. There will be a stat geek this week. It's already been recorded. The man does his job and does it well. So don't worry about that Thursday morning right before you're getting ready for noon and what Yin's talking about. You're going to have that show. So uh, make sure you check that out and make sure you check out those guys when they get back. I hope we were able to do a great job. And yes, Sherry Richards, the Goonies was bad's favorite movie. Um, Oops, I, just, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big Goonies fan. Uh, I actually have gosh, it's right here. I've got, I'm big into eighties t-shirts and my wife bought me for Christmas, a Fratelli's Italian restaurant t-shirt. So I actually have that and it's probably, it's right around here somewhere, but with that being said, it's time for us to get on out of here. Um, check out BTSC for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. Look, it's the off season, but when breaking news comes in, we've got it here. We've got everything you want. And when that season starts, when that preseason starts, we're going to be here with everything, camp updates, everything first. So definitely check us out. Uh, for Kyle, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming in. The boys will be next back next week. I gotta cut this in post production. Kyle, what do you gotta say? Can't wait. <laughs> Let's get out of here. When I know that it can never really be the same. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward?